Okay, here we go. What's up? Hi, hi, hi. This is not an episode if I don't sing a little something. I think you should start with a, with a jingle every time and end with a jingle. <laughs> and mix it up with a mid-jingle. I'll do what I can, folks. I know you guys appreciate it. So Julie had so, uh, some inquiries today that I think we're going to build off of here. Because I've just been around, like there's a lot of holiday parties and whatnot. So I've been seeing a lot of people that I haven't seen and a lot of them either had babies or are pregnant and seeing a very different reaction in a lot of people. You know, some people are like, oh, so grossed out that people touch their stomach without asking. And some people are like, oh my God, that's, yeah, I have a baby, you know? And like, yeah, that's a baby in there, you know, or whatever. And it's such a different experience. Then I spoke to someone that had her second kid and she said that um, you will be surprised with so much ancestral, no, sorry, so much trauma that, that shows up because you want to protect your child and then you want to protect the child of the trauma that you experienced, but you thought you went through. So sometimes they double up and you end up being overly sensitive about something that you haven't gone through yourself towards your children. Um, then she started, when she started working through with a the therapist and everything, she said a lot of ancestral trauma was coming up. I was like, what the hell? You know, so it's crazy how these, the, you know, these big life stages trigger um, trauma that you think you, you didn't, never thought you had, or you thought you gone through, or you thought um, it wasn't a big deal. Um, so that was just really all very interesting and like explains a lot when people people's reacting when it comes to pregnancy or having kids or things like that. Have you noticed? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, the trauma piece that you bring up, I saw this lady who created a trauma workbook and I got curious. So I looked at it and her story was that it was very easy for her to ignore her trauma um, during the time of having kids because she was so busy and she was so wrapped up in all of her tasks that she had to do. And when her kids got older and moved out of the house, all of a sudden, all of that undealt with trauma was there and it was like super in her face. And so she finally like had to do the work through her trauma. So that was what her workbook was catering to is like women over 50 who had been avoiding their trauma for this whole whole time. Um, And there's, from what I have seen, there's definitely a divide in humans, like kind of like how some people process things externally and some people process things internally. Um, Some people like to avoid and some people like to confront and of course, there's everything in between, but there definitely seems to be a dichotomy often in human beings, and that's one of them. That is so interesting, and it's starting to it's start. If I think about that in a way, right? Let's say if a person naturally is a competition person, and then they have a kid, they become more confident. Actually, that that might not be the direct correlation because they might actually. Re, uh, you know, turn, uh, um, go back and say, no, I'm not going to be as confrontational because it doesn't change. But it does, I feel like it sparks change. 
Yeah, kids are definitely a catalyst to a lot of change for a lot of people. But it's interesting, you know, I remember when I had my oldest, I thought, oh, my God, I'm never going to be the same. Like, I'm never drinking again. I don't care to do this. I don't care to do that. <laughs> and then when she got to be a little older, like closer to a year old, I started to feel like myself again. And I was like, oh, I didn't actually change because I had a baby. I changed because of postpartum. <laughs> like I'm actually still the same person. Um, she was still in there. She was just uh, overwhelmed by this experience. So um, I think it's different for everybody, but there is this common experience of when you're pregnant, people are very interested in pregnant people and babies and you start to attract a lot more attention typically and people feel free to say all kinds of things to you and some people welcome it and some people are like why are you guys talking to me you never spoke to me before <laughs> so in like as far as being touched like yeah there's this there's this desire to touch the pregnant belly and rub it or whatever and a lot of people don't like being touched. So there's a, there's an interesting phenomenon that goes on like, um, boundary wise for people. Yeah. I think because it sparks change, maybe it sparks new boundaries. I'm guessing. Um, because for you personally, did you care with people touch your stomach when you were no. pregnant? No, I didn't care. Um, but, was it ever weird to you? Like, let's say if a stranger went, oh, how beautiful, congratulations, and such a stuff. Is that, did that ever come weird or would I tell, oh, okay, it was completely neutral for you? Yeah, I think the only thing that bothered me was uh, when people would make comments about how big I was. I didn't like that. <laughs> like, I remember this one <laughs> like guy, I was in line at the grocery store and this one guy was like, oh my God, are you having twins? And I wanted to be like, you no I'm not having <laughs> twins bitch this is a regular ass pregnancy thank you very much <laughs> oh my god that's so funny um uh, and especially you're pumped full of hormones so you're even more sensitive about that oh yeah. maybe also because you're pumped full of hormones and then so that you're think okay so you overanalyze everything probably so you go, oh, my God, that person didn't pay attention to me before. And now because I'm pregnant, they are and blah, 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 blah. And you're and you fall into the whole, you know, spiral of hormone drive. No, your hormones. Yeah. I mean, this this debate, though, is like some people get pregnant and they just feel like they're on cloud nine and they're so happy and they just love being pregnant. And then there's people who are miserable and they're so sick and it's like a struggle every single day. And then there's people in the middle. I think I was in the middle. Like I didn't necessarily enjoy being, I definitely didn't enjoy being pregnant. Let me be honest. Um, but it also wasn't like, I wasn't super sick or anything like that. It was just uncomfortable and it felt unnecessary. Like must, yeah. must we be doing all of this? We uh, have to do for nine months. That's a long time. I could do for a month or two, but like, yeah. come on, nine? Yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, everything's changing. Like your body's changing. I remember like getting these um, uh, upper fat rolls. 
like you guys can't see what oh. I'm doing, but like the very top of my stomach had a fat roll. And I was like, oh my God, I never had a fat roll like that before. <laughs> oh, so a lot going on hormonally, physiologically, um, emotionally. There's a lot going on. I'm I know I'm explaining this because you know what? I was just going to say, I cried a lot more. I, I'm not really like a huge crier. Like I got to be pretty upset to cry, but pregnant, I was crying about commercials. And every time I saw a labor and delivery scene, I would just start bawling and just automatically, like I had no control or thought about it. It just happened. And then afterwards I cried like every single day. It was just like so much crying, so much crying. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, that's me. Everybody's experience is different. I had a very emotional time. And that makes me think about uh, just opening it broad to everything, right? Everybody's um, experience with pregnancy is different. Everybody's experience with marriage is different. Everyone's experience with, um, you know, either work is different. You know, some people work in the same jobs and some people love it and some people hate it. Um, you know, there is actually a huge blog on Reddit with um, Starbucks workers. You know, some Starbucks workers are like, yes, I love this place. It represents love. It represents, you know what I mean? Like the best coffee in the world. And then in that same blog, there's people who are like, I wanted to kill myself when I was working there. It it was a cult, you yeah. know? So whatever those life experiences are, it's very, very different. And I'm, I'm kind of learning that through, um, I don't know, finding out more and more about people. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just crazy because you and I, we have a collection of experiences that are so different. So let's say you and I started working at the same job. I really feel we would go home and have different stories about what happened. We could see the same thing. We could see a sunrise, let's say, for example, even. We could see a sunrise, and I would probably be thinking, oh, this is pretty, but damn, I'm cold, and I want to be in bed. And I'm sure you're going to be thinking, because she's your positive and optimistic and much more of a morning person, you'd be like, wasn't that beautiful? I wish my daughters were here to show them. You know, like, <laughs> we literally could be seeing the same thing and experiencing it. So, so I think I need to remind myself to be like, oh, just everybody's taking, you know, and, and the level of tolerance is, is just ever changing. Ugh. It's so hard, particularly with people close to you. I feel like our tolerance for differences is smaller if it's somebody who's close to us. We expect them to think and feel the way that we do. It just unconsciously, it's not something that we're like, you need to be the same as me. Um <laughs> it just happens um but I'll share I'll share this story I met someone recently who uh was a refugee from a, from like a Russian country not not a recent refugee like from years ago and she met her husband who was also a refugee so she was from like the Russian area and he was from the Middle East and what they had in common was that they were both refugees. And she was telling me, I was asking like how their marriage was and stuff. And she was telling me that they have a lot of differences. And so I was trying to figure out like, 
are you happy with him? Do you love him? Like what's, you know, how would Uh you say? And she said, he is a good man. He's always been a good man. She's like, he just can't help his cultural background. No. (laughs) And I thought it was so funny and beautiful though, at the same time, because they came from very different places. They had very different religions and they came together because they appreciated each other for who they are at their core, kind of. And her saying, I'm like, sure. he's a good person and he's always been a good person. Like, she's always recognized that in him, despite all of their differences. And I really like that because I think as humans, we tend to be attracted to people who are similar to us and see things the way that we do. And that's that's good and that there's nothing wrong with that. But we also need to learn to appreciate differences and appreciate who people are despite their background or despite their um, differences. I think it's very sweet. And I'm sure that they run into, you know, tiffs here and there because the way that she described it. Um, and it's way easier said than done. Like... Sometimes I speak on podcasts and I feel like I'm speaking as I'm sitting on cloud nine because, you know, you and I, it's fun. This is fun. And we're in the capacity and the zone, like a calm zone. I feel very safe with you. I feel very excited about sharing what we've learned or or excited about asking you a question about something or picking your brain. Like, Alicia said, know this? What's going on, Alicia? You know, so I'm always in a curious, positive zone. So when I explain things, I go, oh, yeah. Yeah, my boyfriend, when we fight, it's so smooth or it's very productive and I love him, you know, but there are reality hits, you know, when you're not in the right capacity and at the end of the day, let's say I'm going through a really hard day at work, I come back with 10% left and then he goes, oh, you didn't bring that home? I'm like, no, motherfucker, I didn't. That's what I want to say. But I, (laughs) in my mind, I'm shooting him death darts and I'm going, I cannot do this right while meanwhile the next day in the podcast I'm like oh this is great you know so I think I think it's very sweet that she said that and it's and it and it's nice because it she wasn't inauthentic about it she didn't lie about she in it just in that sentence just shows it's hard sometimes but I love him because I know that he's a good person um and I think there's a lot of situations conversations I've had been that I've been in the last like few months and whatnot and and I think not just only with my boyfriend but like with my sisters and my friends or whatever and I've had hard conversations I don't know why more more so than the normal and in those conversations sometimes I just want to go and I want to snap but I did remember like okay all right what is she trying to say because I care enough about her to slow down to try to listen to you know what I mean and, and do that and, and it's yeah. hard to listen it's really it's hard, hard to, to listen, listen. And, then, and then admit that you're admit they're right and you're wrong about something Ugh, like, yeah like just just now I had a conversation with my sister and she said well can you recognize that you came into this conversation hot and heated and I wanted to be like no I did <laughs> you were hot and heated angry I am not mad. I came in totally in control, right? But I was hot and heated. But it took me, you know, like five minutes into me, her her asking me a few times for me to be like, fine, okay, fine. I could admit that I came in hot and heated. But it took me a while. 
I, I, I couldn't admit it immediately, you know? And, and it's like, damn, I don't know. And this just never ends. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these conversations will never end. You'll always have tough conversations. You'll always be triggered about something. You're always, you know, you're not always going to show up a hundred percent emotionally for somebody. That's absolutely true. My client showed me this meme the other day. Um, and I would love to hear what you think about it because I was like, oh, I don't know. I kind of feel torn. Um, it says, drum roll, your triggers are your responsibility. It isn't the world's obligation to tiptoe around you. Oh, oh, that's good. You got to That's a, that's a. That's a repeat moment right there. You got to repeat that quote, please. Okay. All right. Here it comes. Your triggers are your responsibility. It isn't the world's obligation to tiptoe around you. Damn. I wasn't sure how to feel about that because I think that if you love someone, you should consider somebody's triggers. But I also think that on an everyday basis, it's hard to guess what anybody's triggers are, you know? So let's say you're at the grocery store and somebody tries to touch your pregnant belly and it's a trigger for you because you've been sexually molested in the past and you just don't like being touched. How is that, super- how is that person supposed to know that? Now, granted, you could say, well, just don't touch strangers, <laughs> that could be a a rule but let's be honest it's probably not gonna happen it's a rule when you're a kid right don't talk or touch strangers (laughs) do not go sit on that guy's lap um but let me think let me think the reason why i thought it was really nice because i didn't see it from an outside point of view going oh i need to tiptoe around somebody else's trigger I saw it as a empowered way of me thinking, say, I have my own locus of control. I have my Mm. own um, agency to say, I don't need everybody around me to revolve around my life. I need Mm. to take control over my traumas and understand that they can't, they can't tiptoe around it because they don't know it. Or how are, yeah, exactly. How are they going to read my mind and go, how dare you bring that up? And it's like, at the same time, if I don't, face this trigger or this piece of trauma that that triggers it um am I just being stuck am I surrounding myself with yes ma'am so I keeps me from so it keeps me from growing so I don't get I don't ever get challenged so I don't have growth in the future I don't know there's a lot of questions that was a very deep that was a that that was a triggering quote (laughs) I really like your interpretation though. And I like your perspective and I like that you use the word locus of control or the phrase locus of control, because uh, we know that people who have an internal locus of control are happier and people who have an internal locus of control feel like they do have control and they do have a say in their own life and in their own happiness and people who have an external locus of control feel like things happen to them and they tend to stay in more of a victim mode. Like, I, how can I help it? I just can't get ahead. Me, I'm always like a middle of the road kind of person where I, I'm like, well, I think both are true. 
<laughs> that's just like how my whole that's a good summary of me as a person um but, okay but okay I, how do you how do you work okay what do you think then when you're in, the, in between I'm a victim I can't do anything about it versus everything is in my control like where where do you stand how do you make decisions <laughs> I know it's hard right um well, I do think that there's some things that are outside of my control that I just can't have anything to do with. And then I, I think there's other things like I can do the best that I can with what I have. And okay. so I kind of try to look at it like that. Like, yeah, I, I don't know that I can. I mean, it would be cool if I could control everything. In that case, down with <laughs> capitalism, it is going down. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. As of as of right now, I don't feel like I have that power. So um I just do the best I can within capitalism. <laughs> Does that make sense? Okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense because I actually think that's very just aware. Because I, I do think that you know, radical thought uh thoughts are just not progressive, um, because or not logical. Because you can't be like I, extreme, you know, I'm a victim, you know, I can't even wipe my own ass and it's not my fault and then nothing is my fault, right? If I poop in the bed, it's not my fault. How, like, what are you talking about? You, you know, like what? But if you're on the opposite side and say everything is in my control, so you're, you might take blame for some literally like people starving in 3,000 miles away from you. Is it? Your, are you in control of that? Are you in control of their suffering? Are you in control? You mean like, like that? Yeah, I, I like your middle ground explanation because it makes sense. There are things you literally can't do anything about. Yeah, I mean, uh, I as an anxious person, anxiety really likes control. Anxiety feels safer if I have control. So as an anxious okay. person, of course, I don't really like this um, fact that there are some things I can't control, but um, that's where I think kind of spirituality comes into play a little bit because I like to just trust that things are going to work out like, eh, we'll figure it out. I don't always have like a hundred percent faith in the moment of something bad happening, but for the most part, I feel like I can get there. I can get to a place where I'm like, well... There's got to be a solution somewhere. We'll figure it out. I like it. I use the healthiest way of thinking, too. Oh, I'm the healthiest is what I just heard. <laughs> oh, the healthiest. Or one of the healthiest. I want to say the healthiest because we don't want to make this competitive now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Okay, fine. Um, But... But it's interesting. It really is interesting people's stories or what the stories they tell themselves or even the voices that are their self-talk. It's mm. so different. So, 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 so different. And I, yeah. I just remember what. Oh, it was just reminding me of what Helen said last week about if she's in a meeting and a man says, um, I, I'll take care oh, of that no. for you. And yeah. Julie was like, oh, that sounds great. Yes, you take care of it. And Helen was like, no, you don't take yeah. control over no. anything. No, I think, <laughs> I think she said when she was on a date, if she was on a date. Oh, is that what she said? Like, oh, I thought no. she said like in a work meeting. Oh, I, either I, way. I, I bet you either one. 
Yeah. yeah, I was like, I don't want you. I bet you have a big trigger. Because remember, she went, oh, hell no. Yeah. Remember, and I went, oh, totally different. I'll be like, thanks. Less work for me to do. <laughs> exactly. You were like, yeah, when you but, said that, I was thinking, oh, how nice. How <laughs> nice. But were you also thinking that too? Like, I don't know. What was, you, what was your reaction when some guy, if a man says, oh, I'll take care of that? Well, as How an anxious person, Julie, I need more information. Uh-huh. Exactly what are you taking <laughs> care of? And how are you taking care of it? I need every detail. I need your, I need a notary. <laughs> I need a, <laughs> I need two witnesses. <laughs> that is so if it's, funny. If it's something oh, that I so feel funny. I can trust you to do, then yes, sure. Take it over. Oh, well, um, anyway, going kind of back to the pregnancy thing that we were talking about at the beginning, um, it is true that everybody's experiences are so vastly different um, in the way that we perceive things. And actually, this one guy that I follow um, who talks about AI a lot, he talks about the fact that perception controls our reality. And so uh, for AI, they've learned how to program it to have a collection of experiences and build a perception of what's going on. Uh, And it'll be really interesting to see if AI is anything like humans in the fact that all perspective is slightly different. So that's to come we'll have to see about it perception is reality look at you with the zingers (laughs) got him no you really had such a great quote earlier and it really comes down to just uh, all of this it's it's where your world is just your world like whatever whatever you know however you see the world is going to be different no matter even my own sisters that we grew up in the same household same parents same everything and we have most similar experiences uh there our worlds are still very different like I have two three sisters and all the way that we see our world is so different from each other and we lived in the same house, majority, you know, and we had the same set of parents. Our parents are still married. Um, so we grew up with the same situation. And it was, it's very, and we're very close in age. So my older sister is only maybe 18 months older than me. My younger sister is one year and one day younger than me. Um, so we grew up very close in age. So we had the same resources. We had the same uh, situation. And just the two of us, the three of us are very different from each other. It's so interesting how that works and how AI is. Like, how do you teach AI when, let's say, Julie's robot and Alicia's robot, right? I will teach my robot what I know through my eyes. And then you'll teach your robot through your eyes and your lenses. So it's it's going to come out as different robots, you know? I mean... We'll see, I guess. But I I was just talking to a client earlier about validation. And I was telling her that nothing feels better than having your experience and your feelings be validated 
which is why it's so important to us as human beings to be around people who understand us. And, and as the language goes, people say, they just get me. These people just get me. They know me, they get me. Um, and so basically what happens most of the time is that we kind of try to surround ourselves with people who share our version of reality and at least like most similarly. And a lot of times in families, we don't share the same version of reality. And I think it's, um, Gabor Mate, I think that's his name, the, the researcher, he says that no two siblings have the same parents because you were born to your parents at a different time. You had a different temperament and your energy mix of you and your parents is different from you, your siblings energy mix of their energy with your parents. And then you have the mm. mix of the dynamics between us. So although we may be in the same household, we are not having the exact same experiences like if you struggled with math in school, then your parents might have had a difficult time doing math homework with you. And if your older sister was great at math, then that was never something they worried about with her. That was never an argument with her. So you might now hate math and your sister might love it. Does that make sense? Mm. So makes perfect sense. All of our all of our experiences are slightly different, even if we're in the same house. Like you were saying earlier, if we went to a meeting, to, if we saw the sunset together, we both might have different takes of the sunset. But that's like why it's fun to have shared experiences with people, because you can be like, oh, my God, did you see this? Did you notice this thing? Did you? And then you talk about it and you like re-experience it together from each other's perspectives. And that's a bonding moment. That's a... um but it, but it is yeah. kind of mind-blowing to think that there's 8 billion people in this world. Therefore, there's 8 billion versions of reality. Isn't that insane? And like two things I want to bring up. Number one is that guy he has a really good point. Because if you think about it, if I had a kid um, a year ago, and then I went through the experience of having a kid, being pregnant, eating a certain way, acting a certain way doing you know whatever and changing my lifestyle then I have a second kid even though it's very uh, only a year later let's say it's gonna be I'm gonna be different because I already experienced having kids so maybe my anxiety of having kids is way less or it could be the opposite of having anxiety way more because maybe the first uh, um, um, pregnancy maybe it was very dangerous or maybe something might have happened and I was really anxious or I was really scared you know yeah exactly so now I, i'm putting myself in those shoes like now that actually makes sense for me, for each person to be different regardless of their regardless of us being really close in age so thank you for saying that because i really opened my eyes on on something that i was like but we you know but we, we grew up so sim grew up with the same resources same blah 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 why why does she see things differently so i see that sometimes um and then number two isn't it so interesting that we have 8 billion people and let's say two people that have completely different worlds, completely different cultures, backgrounds, color, skin, everything, everything different, but they, they have similarities. So there are certain things between two completely different people that have the exact same perception on something. Exactly. You know, yeah. it, it, isn't that interesting too? That we can it's be really so different. Yeah. It's really mind blowing. I used to think about that a lot when I worked in rehab 
because uh, I was very young and the women that I was working with were pretty much all older than me. And they all lived different lives than I had lived. And yet I could find something in common with every single one of them, even if it was just having a human experience. And one of the things like I worked particularly in the women's department. And one of the things that I would tell the ladies is like, one thing that we all have in common is heartbreak. Like every woman has been through some kind of heartbreak, usually by the time you reach adulthood. And that's always like a ground zero that people can kind of start from if if you mm. are trying to bond and connect with another woman. <laughs> You're like, hey, how about them heartbreak, huh? <laughs> <laughs> necessarily know that's going to work out but you know like uh, systematics (laughs) yeah yeah my point is just that if you look for it you can always find some kind of common ground just because we're all human yeah yeah I can see that so anyway it is it is really interesting how the the yin and yang of life works where there's so many differences and yet there's also so many similarities and we just have to focus our attention on the the positive the ones that work yeah yeah i know I with agree. my sister recently um my younger sister and i really got into it and she was talking about us like not being in each other's lives anymore uh, which unfortunately wow. isn't the first time that that's come up in in <laughs> with with my sister, and so in the past I've said to her like, "Well, I don't care. Like, I don't need you in my life. Like, you don't do anything for me. You can go ahead and go if you want to go." And she was kind of like, "No, no, I don't want it to be like that." And this time, I she was telling me, "I don't care if you're in my life anymore." And I said to her listen, there are a lot of things that we don't see eye to eye on and that we might never see eye to eye on. But there's also things that we can definitely talk about and enjoy. And we have um, a a shared um, love for comedy and for certain movies. And we both have a passion for the LGBT community. And we both are into aliens. So there's things... (laughs) that she and I can safely talk about and there are things that we can't. And so I told her that I'd prefer for us to focus on the things that we can talk about and bond over and let the rest go. And if that means we have a more distant relationship, then that's okay. That's okay. But we don't have to cut each other out completely. Right. I like that. Yeah. So we'll just just stick to the green topics. But I also think like, you know, capacity at the time, I don't know today what had happened today with her or during the week or how much energy she had when you had the conversation. Was she at 100? Was she at 80? Was she at 10? Was she at two? You know what I mean? So all those, all those factors really play a part in, in why she acted the way she acted, I think. Yeah. And if you think about it from a science perspective, Any experiment that you do is going to have variables and you can't control all the variables. You just have to do the best you can. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that's going to help me a lot in understanding 
um, situations or people's reactions, usually, you know, like, especially if you're not close to them, I just, I usually look at from afar go, oh, that person reacted, okay, and nothing to do with me. I don't, I, like, I can, I will continue, no blimp in my, you know, stride at all. Um, but with, you know, people close to me, that's when it's like, that's when it's triggering. That's when it hurts or whatever, right? So I, I would want to put that into practice and remember, even if I bring it down to ground zero into science, science, right? Take all the emotion of it, science. Even a science experiment goes wrong because of the random variable, right? It could, it could completely alter your result, results due to mm-hmm. your starting point. That's, uh, that, that's going to be really helpful to remember when I'm like getting triggered by somebody that I care for. Yeah. And I think it's harder with, with people that are close to us, because I think our expectations are unconsciously higher for the people close to us. And, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, you should know, or why don't you know, kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, but you're transcending just the mentality that you have right now and the way you're thinking about it and expanding your thought you're transcending Julie. You're about to be it's the happening. healthiest. You're about to take my spot in the healthiest realm. <laughs> ah! It is a competition, I guess. No, <laughs> but thanks for joining us this week, guys, for helping us break down a bunch of things that blah, that make us feel black sometimes. So hopefully we ease that up a little bit. Maybe you guys can relate. Maybe you can't. I don't know. Well, uh, we'll <laughs> hopefully we said something worthwhile. <laughs> yeah. Talk to you soon. Bye. It goes back to, it goes back to the analogy. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off. Oh, go the ahead. Analogy of that starfish, right? You know how that kid, he goes, he's on the beach and there's like thousands of starfish that, yeah. that beached, right? Yeah. And they're, and, and they're dying. And the kid takes one starfish, throws it in, takes another starfish, throws it in. A stranger comes by and goes, Hey kid. You know, don't quit your day job. You're never going to get all the starfish. He picks up that one starfish. He, sh- he looks at him. He shakes it. He throws sh- it in. He goes, I made a difference to that starfish. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think doing this podcast feels like that. Like, I know that we're just saying things and we're sharing things and being vulnerable and, you know, whatever. And I'm hoping that you guys could be our starfish. I- I'm hoping that one day, one person, you know what I mean, could go, hey, that really changed my life. Oh, and I think too. it would be worth all the hours, all yeah. the hours that we spend doing this, if, if we just changed one starfish, we saved one starfish's life. One starfish. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Did guys. You for us? <laughs> <laughs> Not, I can't you do requests. Thing. It's got to be, it's got to oh, okay, be okay, spontaneous. Okay. <laughs> You almost had it. Yeah, I thought you were going to do a jingle with the starfish. But... Oh, so close. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Yes. Thanks, guys.